Miracy. We're seeing that our consumer bases are demanding authenticity, are demanding real genuine connection with the brands they're partnering with and buying from. And so community has really allowed for that genuineness to show up in a new way. Hello, and welcome to Blowing Up, the podcast that shows entrepreneurs like you how other businesses exploded in the best possible way. I'm Linda Claire Puig, the founder and CEO of Six Figure Newsletters, and I'm here with my co-host, Ari Eni, the head of strategy for the ACES Business Acceleration Program at Miracy. Hey there, Linda. In each episode of Blowing Up, we showcase an entrepreneur whose business, yes, blew up. It experienced what seemed to be a sudden success. But as we all know, that kind of success is not random or a fluke. The company employed a specific strategy that caused its rapid rise in revenue. So today we're going to dive into that strategy so that you can learn from it and determine how you might apply elements of it to your business. In this episode, we look at the role of community in creating explosive growth in your business. Although this conversation is specific to Facebook groups, the learnings can be applied to groups and communities in all kinds of online locations. Our guest is Marusha Murphy. For the past 23 years, Marusha has been helping transformational coaches and leaders in their industry create revolutionary communities and then sell within those communities from a place of heart to create massive impact in the world. Welcome to Marusha. And let's jump right into the conversation. Where did this come from in you, this sense of community? I do believe that it really did stem from my own family of origin. My grandmother, my mom's mom, had 11 children. So there was a lot of of community just built into the family. And that meant that from those 11 children, there was 39 of us first cousins. And we were all sorts of wacky, right? And so we had to learn how do you be with people who are very different than you? We aren't a perfect family at all. But in the midst of that, there was unconditional love. When we go into business, we have to first think about what is our core product? And then from the core product, well, who's our avatar? What do they really care about? We're in our brain a lot. What I want to always remind us first and foremost is it's about the heart first. It's about the heartbeats in the room. And I think that's what my upbringing really led me to understand is that, yes, we can be the best of the best in anything we do. If we forget the heartbeat that we're sitting across of, and we're forgetting that that person has feelings, has new ideas that they want to bring to the world, that they have discoveries waiting to be made, that they have curiosities, they get angry, they get sad, they're full of love. How would we show up differently in our businesses and in how we serve? whether it's in person or virtually, and teach my clients, how do you do that? How do you do that well? Especially in a Mm -hmm. virtual space where oftentimes we're just told, hey, hit the create group button and then go, make it yours, put your expertise in there, (laughs) throw some content in, let's see what happens, right? It just doesn't work that way. So how do we design and create experiences around belonging? How do we design experiences around what I call the sacred four, feeling safe, feeling seen, feeling heard and feeling honored and respected. When we have those four core elements, that's what creates community, right? It's way more than a Facebook group. Facebook is definitely a great place to lead, 
But it is so much more than that. It's understanding what I now call the heart, the art, and the science of community. That really, when we're building online, it needs to come from those three aspects, especially if we have community as a part of our experience and and what we're wanting to build. It comes from those three areas, the heart being like our own heartbeat. What is our vision? What is our voice? What are our values? And then moving that into the art of community. How do we really connect and deepen our connection with the people that we serve? How do we love them well? How do we serve them well? How do we support that transformation from a place of genuine and authentic desire and process? And then the science being the space in which we're looking at those numbers. Is revenue being generated? What is the engagement? So that's, is this actually working? Yeah. And where do we need to change things or or optimize the process? I created this community called the Austin Moms Network with a dear friend of mine named Sarah. And so in that, we started to really build this beautiful community, both on a Facebook group and in person. And next thing you know, within the first year, we had like 5,000 people. By 2017, we had around 11,000 people. Engagement is through the roof. I mean, 90% of our members are active. Oh, wow. Wow. At this point today, we're at almost 22,000 members. So it's just growing and growing. I also had just been building the business incubator. And in 2016, some of my clients in the incubator were like, Marisha, you're so good at building community. Could you even imagine what it would look like if you built a community in partnership with your own physical product line? And they double dog dared me. And I love having fun. But when a double dog dare comes into play, I get serious. (laughs) (laughs) So I built a coffee brand called Perky Perky that has now been featured at the United Nations on Women's Entrepreneur Day in 2019. Someone who's starting out, how would you get started? And what do you need to think about ahead of time? First thing I'm going to talk about is this concept of community and the difference between community and audience. I think it's really, really critical. Mm -hmm. And I say that because I find that a lot of times when we go and talk about community, especially today, we're really wanting to build more of an audience. And Mm -hmm. if we get that clear, then we can really build intentionality around audience building and then intentionality around community building, right? So an audience is similar to what we're doing right now, right? I'm in front of people that I haven't yet gotten to know, but they're listening right now. And they might be getting ahas. They might be like, oh, this is so fascinating. I hadn't ever thought of it that way. But it's a one directional experience, right? So Mm. audience building can be done through book writing, through your Instagram, your Facebook page, when you're putting content out there. It could be done through LinkedIn, speaking on a stage virtual or live podcasts, right? So all of that is audience building. What community is on the other side is more of a conversation. I always like to imagine a container, right? So the container could be a Facebook group. It could also be a live event or a workshop, right? It could be a a short-term container. It could be a long-term one. But the idea is that people are coming together around an interest. So it's multidirectional. The next question is, why do we build community? If we focus just on audience building, isn't that enough? We're seeing that our consumer bases are demanding authenticity, are demanding real genuine connection with the brands they're partnering with and buying from. And so community has really allowed for that genuineness to show up in a new way. Could you expand a bit on those processes that you started developing? How do people do it? (laughs) I'm a really big fan of putting on my lab coat and my goggles and getting into the science of it. I spent a lot of time dissecting what worked and what didn't work with the hundred plus communities that I had been building. 
world. Like, what do I need to teach people to do? How do I do this? So here's a couple of things that I really learned. Number one, systems are everything. They give us life. When I have those systems, I can do more of what I love really well. I encourage creating a system for content. Mm-hmm. Content should be coming out daily, right? I have a process called the win-win-wink system. So W stands for wisdom posts. We are sharing our expertise and whatever Uh the interest topic is. And then we have our I posts. These are interpersonal posts. These are the ones where you might be sharing um, an area or a time when maybe you were afraid to make this massive leap in your business. It's humanizing you and what it is that you're bringing to conversation. The call to action is to invite the community to interact with that and to share what mm-hmm. about you? Have you ever had this experience? What was your take on this? The end posts are for nudge posts. It could be as simple as share your Instagram handle. Nudging action. Nudging action. engagement. And engagement, yeah. exactly. And then the K, so it's win, win, wink. <laughs> so you have a K every 10th day. And that Mm -hmm. K is what Mm -hmm. we call the keep going post. These are where we're actually inviting them into a direct call to action. So this is, you know, hey, we have a promotion on this product. Check out the product here. Or it could be like, hey, I'm recently on this summit. I would love for you to join me in the summit. Register here. Engage with the business more. Engage with the business more. Correct. I love having a system for content. So now we have content happening every single day. And you can plan that out ahead of time. You're not sitting down each morning going, oh God, what am I going to write about today? Yeah. Exactly. It's thought through ahead of time and it's strategic. Uh Yeah. And the other thing I definitely encourage is 15 minutes a day minimum, just going in and, and engaging with people in the comments. And then on the sales side, really building out a system for invitation. What kind of content are we posting in the group? How is that then leading and inviting people? I like putting it in my calendar every day to make sure that I'm reaching out to group members. How are you? Tell me what's going on. Or, Uh hey, I noticed that you commented on this in this way. I'm intrigued by that. Can you tell me more? Right. And I'll do that in a private message with them that leads into let's get on a call. I definitely can support you here and then create more momentum into sales from what you're saying, Facebook can be a great container for it, but it's less about the container. It's more about how you interact with the group and create a community feel. But most people go into it like, yeah, I'll build that Facebook group and then I'll post every couple of days and then they'll just engage with each other. Like that does not work. You have (laughs) to work at it. It's this is a full marketing strategy. It's not just another thing to have out there. Yeah. It's what I call the pyramid built on two sticks. So someone will come to me and they'll say, oh my gosh, I have a vision, i.e. stick one. And then they'll tell me about their vision. And I'll be like, okay, tell me about who you are. Like what makes you, you in the marketplace? And they tell me about that. And that's their voice. And they come in as if those are the only two things that they need before you hit create group. Those are just the top two layers of a pyramid. The first four layers are really critical. If those aren't in place, then you have a group that's unsustainable. Because we hit great groups from that level of emotional excitement, that joy, like, Mm -hmm. ah, I know I can serve. But then we haven't thought through strategically what this wing of the brand, what this wing of your company can actually do. So that first layer is what I call the three V's. Always lead with the vision, your heart, your values. Powerful to invite our values into the conversation because really it's what breathes life into everything else that's being done. Mm -hmm. And quite honestly, is the differentiator from any other group that's out there that might be also in your niche. 
And then third, your voice. What is the conviction that you have to bring this group to life? Why is this group an important topic to bring to conversation for your people, right? When we're really clear on those three as our foundation, that's really allowing your heartbeat to be in the room. From that place, we create the next layer up, which is what I call your experiential value. When we're clear on our voice, when we're clear on our values, when we're clear on our vision, then we go into experiential value. This is the value that's received when they feel the group in action. You know, mm-hmm. it's everything from the rituals, the things that are happening in the group to make the group work day in and day out. Is it that every Tuesday you have coffee with Marusha? Is it every Friday we do Friday wins? Like, what is it that makes that work? Then we move into what I call the profit paths. There's really only five profit paths, almost like five blueprints of a house that tend to work really well. Three of them are lead generation profit paths. And then two of them are more for your private clients and deepening the work with clients after they finished with you, right? Uh Once we know our three Vs, our experiential value, profit paths, then we look at the fourth level, which is where we look at the offers. What are the core offers that we want to be bringing into this community? How do we want these offers to be presented to the community Uh at the right times? And what would that look like? So once we have those four, then we go to build. Got it. Now there's intentionality with building the community. And then we activate the community, which is going to be the final and sixth layer of the community. That is so different from (laughs) what most people do. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Right? Right. Uh, And I can totally see the wisdom. Yeah. It's what I call the slow down to grow fast approach. And by the way, slowing down doesn't mean taking six months to do that. It's really just about being intentional and holding space for that process. Assuming that someone is willing to put in the work to actually figure out all the different levels before building and activating, is there anyone who you would not recommend this for? There's two groups. The first one are folks that are just wanting what I call churn and burn marketing or like a slot machine marketing approach. Definitely, this is not for you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people will go into building community prematurely. So for people who are brand new to building their business and they don't have an audience yet, I highly suggest first focus on audience building. And then once you start to get a groundswell, you start to see people really excited about the topic. That's when I encourage you to say yes to community growth. So you're saying do not use community as a way to procrastinate from actually building the business. That's a good idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, awesome. What are the expectations that people should have going into it? Or should they be treating it with more of a, I built it, I thought it through, and now let's see what happens. A lot of community architects in my industry, when a client says, you know, how much engagement should I be looking out for? Oftentimes they're saying anywhere from 20 to 30%. For me, my standard is 50%. I want to see 50% of the people in the group engaging in the conversation. So it's possible. In fact, most of our communities are at 70 to 84%. Oh, wow. We want to have the expectation that we build this in such a way that engagement is going to help increase sales, that the content is going to help build the brand experience and sales. Is there a minimum size that a community needs to be in order for it to work? Like I'm assuming two people is not really a community, but... One of our clients just recently had a Facebook group with only 400 people in it, and she did 333,000 US in sales. I did my first 45,000 a month with 123 people in a community, right? So very doable to have a small but mighty group. I'd rather you Uh have a community of 10 than a community of 1,000, 10,000 that don't care 
I'd rather us work with that first 10 and really nurture those individuals. So let's talk. As someone who teaches audience building and nurturing myself, I wholeheartedly agree with Marusha that people today really want, and you could even say that they demand, a genuine connection with a real person, that person being you, before they decide to work with you. What Marusha has added to that is that building community allows for that genuineness to show up in new and important ways. Thank you so much to Marusha. You will want to be sure to download Marusha's gift to you. It's a checklist and training on how to create an additional six figures with a profitable community in the next 12 months. It includes how to expand your group's sales in just 30 days as well. You'll find it at blowingup.rocks forward slash Marusha. That's blowingup.rocks forward slash Marusha. And that's M-A-R-U-X-A. This episode of Blowing Up was produced by Linda Claire Puig. Cynthia Lamb is our managing producer and Danny Eni, our executive producer. Post-production by Post Office Sound. To make sure you catch all the really great episodes of Blowing Up, follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. And if you like the show, we'd love it if you could leave us a starred review or share the show with a friend. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. I certainly am willing to admit what I don't know. I tend to hold my truths lightly. I try not to have, you know, very firm convictions because I recognize that when you move up an organization, your information is limited because you have a greater breadth of responsibility. I'm Sharon Richmond. I'm an executive coach and consultant with more than 30 years experience working with C-level executives. To Lead as Human is the podcast for you if you want to supercharge your leadership by bringing all of yourself into your role. Listen as our guests reveal their hard-won lessons and share their deep humanity. I think the turning point for me was when I realized that I want people to tell me what they think and they're afraid. They were honest to God, afraid to tell me things. It's like, I checked all the damn boxes, but I am so alone and I'm so unhappy. I'm burning myself out. And when I started looking at like, you know, my fears going into the shadows, sharing it with others, the very thing that would be a nightmare for most people in the workplace is the very thing that led me to my dreams. My guests know that the influence they have as top leaders comes with an equal measure of responsibility for all their stakeholders. They not only deliver great results for their customers and investors, 
They do so by building organizations that provide purpose, meaning, and a healthy work environment for their employees. One of the hallmarks of good leadership is clarity. If there isn't clarity around the goals, that creates confusion, that, that creates chaos. What's the end goal? What are we trying to achieve? And that makes people's jobs more purposeful and people are clearly enjoying that. People who are making their own decisions, they're significantly more motivated in doing what they're doing. Yeah, I've really seen the maturity and growth of those individuals. And I think that we've now kind of really been able to create a lot of autonomy and give people a lot of freedom to do their best work. So not rocket science, nothing too crazy, but uh, you know, that was definitely a journey. I hope you'll join us every other week as we talk with these inspiring leaders and learn from the very human challenges and successes they've experienced on their own leadership journeys. And you asked me questions that I was like, gosh, I'm not sure I know what my values are. So I know they're there, but I'm not sure that they're articulated. So thanks for asking me those questions. They were hard.